Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is People Every Day. Coming up, inside former White House official Stephanie Grisham's bombshell new tell-all about Trump's presidency and what Melania's world was really like. Plus, Denise Richards at odds with ex-Charlie Sheen over child support. And the sister of Gabby Petito's fugitive fiancé, Brian Laundrie, speaks out. It's October 6th. Hello, everyone. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday. I don't know about you guys, but I have already learned a lot today, maybe more than I needed to. (laughs) For instance, singer Megan Trainor shared some rather intimate details about her and husband Daryl Sabara's bathroom habits recently. (laughs) She and her brother Ryan have a new podcast together, and they went on comedian Nicole Byer's Why Don't You Date Me podcast. And, well, Trainor got candid. In our bathroom, there was one toilet, and a lot of times in the middle of the night when we're with the baby, like we we got to pee at the same time. So I was like, "Can we please have two toilets next to each other?" So we, <laughs> you know what they say, the couple that pees together. <laughs> and if you're wondering, she said they've done other things in unison as well in the bathroom. <laughs> that is a lot of love right there. All right, moving on to a pair of stars who are not so in sync. Exes and co-parents Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen are not on great terms at all these days. And now the court has weighed in on their situation involving their two teenage daughters, Sammy and Lola. So here to take us through this story is People.com managing editor Charlotte Triggs. Take it away, Charlotte. Charlie Sheen took Denise Richards to court to try to end his child support payments. According to a source, he hasn't actually paid her these, you know, astronomically high child support payments in more than four years, but he now is officially off the hook for paying them because his older daughter has been living with him for the last several months. This is the situation where a source described it as Denise wanted to put some normal rules in place, like you must go to school. And her dad, um, of course, said, that's okay, honey, you can come live with me and get your GED. Anything that would indicate that Denise's household was abusive is, according to the source, totally crazy. And of course, the kicker is 
the younger daughter, Lola, she still lives with Denise. So it is not at all true that the children have all moved out of Denise's house. Lola is still living there. Charlie does have parental visitation with Lola, but it's 50-50 at most. You know what I mean? Denise is still taking care of the primary caregiver there. So any um, assumption that like she's no longer entitled to child support because the children are gone, that's just not true. Oh, and the drama continues. Well, on to an update related to the Gabby Petito murder case. We now have the sister of Petito's fiance, Brian Laundrie, speaking out, calling for her fugitive brother to turn himself in. The Laundrie family has been mostly silent since the very beginning of the search for Gabby, and not much was shared even after she was found dead on September 19th. But yesterday, Cassie Laundrie went on Good Morning America, and when asked, what she'd want to say to her brother, who has warrants out for his arrest and who hasn't been seen since September 14th, Cassie said, quote, I would tell my brother to just come forward and get us out of this horrible mess. She added, I worry about him. I hope he's okay. And then I'm angry and I don't know what to think. I really wish he had come to me first that day with the van because I don't think we'd be here. Wow. Well, we will keep you updated on that story. And while we're on the topic of crime, check out True Crime Week on Stitcher, where they are kicking off October with the best true crime podcasts around. Listen to that and more all for free on Stitcher. Also, check out their curated homepage to find your next true crime pod obsession. And now it's time to dig in to a new book that hit the shelves yesterday, and it's making major headlines. Stephanie Grisham wrote a tell-all memoir about her time during the Trump administration. So while Trump was in office, she held the position of chief of staff and press secretary to First Lady Melania Trump. So... She's got some stories from Melania's infamous green jacket with that statement to Trump's meeting with Vladimir Putin. She shares it all in this book. And here to talk about everything is People Politics editor Adam Carlson, who actually sat down with Stephanie Grisham to get the scoop. Hi, Adam. Hi, Janine. I mean, goodness, what a book. Right? Well, so the book is called I'll Take Your Questions Now, What I Saw at the Trump White House. Uh, So before we jump into the contents of the book, let's talk about why Stephanie decided to write this book in the first place. I know her relationship with Melania is complicated. It was even reported that she told the First Lady she'd never write something like this. So what changed? Complicated is one word for it. I could think of about 17 different other words to describe their relationship. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I spoke with Stephanie this morning, and she said much the same as you just mentioned, that she, you know, before she decided to write a book like this and open up, that she, when she was in the White House, she couldn't believe that other aides would do this. You know, she was, was the author of some of the statements that Melania would put out blasting these same books, and yet she finds herself in this position now. And, And what she describes is not really a transformation as we might imagine, where she uh, wakes up one day and realizes like she can't do this anymore. She has to share her stories. Basically, um, things built and built and built and built and built in her personal life, in her professional life. The last Mm -hmm. six months of the Trump administration, the wheels kind of came off uh, in her view and certainly in the view of other people. All of this uh, climaxes with the insurrection at the Capitol. And she tells a story about asking Melania if Melania wants to speak out publicly about the writing. Um, Melania has a history of making statements separate from her husband. And Stephanie says that no, Melania just completely shut that down, would not get involved. And for her, that was 
the last try, if I can be a little bit cliched. And so Stephanie says she waited just a beat, and then she sent the resignation letter that she had already had drafted because she'd been considering leaving in the months before this, and then she was out. And then in the weeks after that, she was just detoxing in Kansas, as far away from D.C. as she could get. I can imagine. I know, right? And then she starts journaling. So from those journals in late January um, to now, I mean, you know, she, she, she gets an agent, she starts shopping a book outline, and here we are. Oh, and and she has a lot to say. Well, she told George Stephanopoulos this past Monday on Good Morning America that she wants to warn the public about the Trump administration because it is likely he will run for president again. So has she made a convincing argument against a Trump reelection in this book? Yeah, I think from uh, my understanding of what you know, she's talking about is it's not really an argument about politics per se. It's an argument about temperament. And so what mm. she's doing is providing more firsthand accounts, some of which, of course, have been challenged by Trump and, and others in his orbit, but just more evidence, she says, about his temperament. Um, she's a conservative. She describes herself as as aligned with the, the Republican Party. She really sees it as a question of temperament. And this is not unfamiliar to people. I mean, it's something that got debated a lot in the 2020 Uh, election you know she says (laughs) he is not right he is not emotionally and frankly psychologically in her view um, equipped to be president next up more with people politics editor adam carlson and the surprising stuff stephanie grisham told him about melania trump stay tuned Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Let's talk about your interview with Stephanie. One of the things you guys discussed was Trump's anger and that his mood would often flip like a switch. So let's listen to a little bit of what she told you. You just are expected to sit there and be quiet. And if you even if you try to like respectfully say, well, sir, this is why you'll get to this is why maybe before he'll cut you off, kick you out, tell you, you know, you're you're useless, you're weak. And so kind of the formula that myself and a lot of colleagues, I don't know if they'll admit this ever, 
we would take it and then we would just stay out of his line of sight for the next day or two. And then sadly, we would kind of hope he would turn his ire on someone else. Mm, That is just frightening. Sounds like a toxic work environment. What else did she say about him in office? And and what did she say about him turning on her? Yeah, so the the theme of anger was something I really wanted to drill down with her because we haven't had someone this close to him talk this plainly about it. This idea that um, behind the scenes in the Oval Office, he is someone who is known for his temper. He yells a lot. He's very profane. And that just really clashes with the view of him that you get from um, press conferences or from all of his TV appearances where he seems more like a, you know, larger than life figure, right? Where he'll like make crude jokes and he'll be sarcastic, but he's not like an angry person necessarily. And what she's describing is like rage. Um, Mm. The flip side of that though, is that you only saw that sometimes. The other part of it you did see was the part of his personality that had made him into such a New York social star and then into a TV star. He could be charming. He remembered your name. Um, He always asked how you were. Um, Stephanie says she now realizes that uh, that was a false sense of intimacy. But for a long time, she felt like she was someone who understood them and was someone who could defend them, the president and the first lady. Got it. So so there's a lot of stories coming from this book, including one that says Melania was nicknamed Rapunzel by the Secret Service because she rarely left the White House. So what are some of the stories that jumped out at you when reading this book? I And this is something that Stephanie spends a lot of time on, and so it springs to mind for me as well. Uh, Melania Trump spent a lot of time behind the scenes on photos and on images, up to and including the day of January 6th. She was actually supervising a photo shoot of the the White House residence. She didn't like traveling. She didn't like public events. She um, understood the value of some of her kind of charity work in some ways, but um, she often spent a lot of time with her son and with her parents. And with these photos, I mean, stacks and stacks of photos in Stephanie's memory, right, that Melania herself wanted to personally supervise and approve. Image to her was really, really important. So so Stephanie spoke about why she thinks Melania is so private. Let's listen. When you're a model, by and large, you don't speak. You're just a private person. You just get your photograph taken and then then you go home. Um, She is a really devoted mom. And so she spent a lot of time with, with her son and with her parents I got, I have to give her credit. I think, you know, like me going forward for the rest of my life, I think I will only ever implicitly trust my family. And I think that's where she is too. You know, she's been surrounded by these Trump characters and family for a long time. I I think it's kind of a a survival thing maybe. Well, the Trump character that she's closest to, it would seem, is Trump himself. So what did she say about their marriage? She describes it as a partnership. Um, I think the word partnership is really interesting uh, because I think that it isn't necessarily a romantic word. And in her book, Stephanie doesn't describe a lot of physical intimacy or a lot of emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. She does say that uh, she saw them talk a lot. Um, Melania was one of the people who could give advice to Donald. Um, Stephanie said, at least in her view, Melania had some good instincts about um, how to deal with the media. Um, uh, you know, if, if Donald was going to listen to anyone um, about a certain decision, it, it might be Melania, if anyone else. So they could work together 
because they had some similar strengths. There were those those differences as well, just in terms of their politics, similarities and differences. So let's listen to a little bit about what she said about that. I think that with immigration, she was aligned with him um, in terms of it should be done legally. And there are a lot of bad actors trying to come into our country. Mm. She definitely did not like the separating the children uh portion that policy so that that she didn't like at all i know she tried to talk him out of it and that was the one he wouldn't budge on social issues i think she was a little bit more liberal than he would be um i think secretly he was though too he just as the republican conservative president had to had to stay strong interesting so interesting well, well, the Trumps and, and some of Stephanie's former co-workers have spoken out against this book and said that Stephanie is recasting events to help herself. What do you think about that? I asked her to respond. You know, some people have already come out. The Trumps have put out their statements saying that she's misremembering things. She's just trying to profit off their good name. And while she didn't want to respond, she said, I won't go tit for tat on the truth. Um, the reader can read my account, which I say openly is just my memory. And they can decide for themselves. And there is no, like, third party who is in any of these rooms who can help us decide ultimately what is true. And Stephanie has sometimes said things that are wrong. She's told me things that I don't believe, right? So the reader has to kind of make up their mind with that context. There is no ultimate authority here. I will say, you know, I asked her directly, I said, people just think you're writing this book to make money because you can't get a job. And she said, no, no, no. She said, I paid off my house. I don't have many bills. You know, I'm living back near my family in Kansas. And I've had a few job offers in Arizona where she's worked, in California. And she said, that's not it. You know, I'm not working right now. I'm trying to figure out um, what my life looks away from all of those folks. But yeah, I mean, if there are questions about who's telling the truth here, I think we have a lot of evidence that, um, you know, everyone here is maybe not to be trusted. So you take a little bit of a piece of everything and add up to your own truth. was People's Adam Carlson discussing Stephanie Grisham's new book, I'll Take Your Questions Now, What I Saw in the Trump White House. For more on this story, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. In honor of International Day of the Girl on October 11th, we are highlighting changemakers who aren't afraid to step up in the name of service. And a set of twin sisters, you know I love twins, are digging deep to give back to those in need. 14-year-old Brooke and Brianna Bennett from Montgomery, Alabama, have taken up the charge to help other young girls get access to adequate hygiene products. So here's the hard fact. One in five young women in the U.S. struggles to afford menstrual products. So to combat this problem, the duo founded a nonprofit called Women in Training, Inc., on a mission to end period poverty. Here's why Brianna says this cause is personal to her. For me, it's like I'm going to go home and then I'm going to have the things that I need. But for those girls, I can see how frustrating and awful it can be when they come home and still don't have the products that they need. The organization has supplied 10,000 bags, not only filled with feminine hygiene products, but also soap, shampoo, and toothpaste to young women and girls around the country. Access to these products is for sure a way to lift a girl's self-esteem and confidence. So I'm excited to hear they're doing this work. And at age 14, so dope. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. And remember to subscribe to People Every Day on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good one. Bye.